the guy that have put characters and storytelling and character development over just pure wrestling because you need wrestling. Yes, wrestling is important because without what we're doing, what what are we watching? So it's very important that we have those characters, those large-in-life characters, those personalities. If we don't have that, then we're just watching two vanilla guys or two chocolate guys or pistachio, whatever the fuck, flavor ice cream you like, just wrestling in the ring. And we don't want that. We don't want bland ice cream. You know, we, we need a little bit of uh, flavor. We need characters. We need, we need storylines, character development. We need that. So just needs to say, like, we, we did have that on both shows. We, we had a little bit of everything. I'm glad. I just wish that, you know, when it came down to the main roster in WWE, that we get more of that. Like, wrestling doesn't always have to be hokey and carny, but it doesn't always have to be just wrestling match after wrestling match and seriousness and seriousness all the time. You can have a little bit of a fun. You can have a little bit of a you know, carnage and demolition derby type of action. It doesn't have to always be just wrestling match after wrestling match and just everyone being stale and everyone looking the same and wrestling the same and talking the same and, you know, boring the hell out of you the same, you know. So that is why I decided to watch both pay-per-views. And, again, they're not disappoint. So we'll first be talking about NXT TakeOver UK Cardiff. So, we had, there was the opener, Norm Dar and Travis Banks, but I caught the tail end of the match. So, I'm not going to BS y'all, but I did see the finish, and the finish was pretty good with the... Uh, Nova Roller, that is Norm Dar's uh, finisher. And um, that sequence is very good. It's a shame that now we're seeing Norm Dar being used. He was a talent. In the Cruiserweight Classic, he, he was one of those those upstarts. And, it's an, and also in uh, what culture per wrestling and that, you know, that independent promotion by the What Culture Boys, and as well as Travis Banks. Travis Banks was another one of those guys that was in What Culture Pro Wrestling. And it's good that they're in WWE. Unfortunately, with Norm Dar, he hasn't been utilized in the way. And this is what happens when you have too many people. You have too many people on the contract. They don't know what to do. They're just keeping you in, you know, they're, con- you know, they're keeping you in in the company, so you don't go to that other company with the three letters, you know, the, you know, the, the AEW, because rather than utilize you and make something out of you, no, nope, we're just going to keep you back in catering. And it's a shame. But those are going to match overall. Um, 
at least the the, the back half that I watch. Unfortunately. So speaking of being underutilized, we had Cesaro, and he came down to NXT UK, you know, for a fight, for a challenge, and he got one. He, man, he sure definitely had a fight, and he brought it, and he took it, and this guy, uh, Eli Dragunov, he he made me a fan of his. You know, and this dynamic works. You had the larger guy versus the smaller guy, and it works. The smaller guy can can sell out the bumps. Had that little comeback, you know, about to say comeback mechanic like a Street Fighter, you know, Street Fighter Five. But you know, essentially, it's good. These two paired up well, and there was. Good chemistry overall. And the fact that Cesaro, he's been in this company for a while. And and people say, oh, now everyone needs the world title. True. But you have one of the best workers in the company. Anyone you pair him up with, he'll have a good match with. And it's a shame that, because he has some personality. It's just a shame that, of course, is not allowed to be shown. Everything is so tightly scrutinized and choreographed and and subject to to scrutiny. So it's a shame that Cesaro isn't at that level because all they see with him is a tag team guy. When they mention his accolades, he's multiple. He was a United States champion and multiple time tag team champion and he's more than a, a tag team wrestler and this match like we, we all know how good Cesaro is yeah, I don't need to tell you that I don't need to draw your ears out but it's just criminal how much they've just underutilized him and you know in this match he really he really uh, brought it to Dragunov the sequences Oh my God! This at this point, this was, this was a match in the night, and uh, there was another match that kind of topped it. But still, this match was like one of my favorites of of this pay per view. Um, and the swing, you know, we love when Cesaro swings someone. Cesaro swung Dragon off forty times. 40 fucking times. I was like, oh, fuck. I, I was like, okay, maybe he'll let go after like 12 or 13. We kept going. I was like, okay, maybe he'll let go at, at you know, 20 or 21. Nope. He still kept it going. All right. At, at least 30. Nope. At, finally, at 40, he let go. And if I was in Dragunov's position, I would have thrown up. And I almost threw up watching that. And, you know, I have a strong stomach, but Jesus Christ, like, that was insane like just the power how you need to have good equilibrium and good you know just have a good center of gravity you know you need to have a good equilibrium and 
able to make sure you don't, you know, lose balance. Like, that is insane. Like, that was one of the spots I marked out for. And the uh, uppercut into the neutralizer combo, and that gave Cesaro the win. And then after the match, he came in, uh, he came back into the ring, Cesaro, and, you know, shake Dragunov's hand and respect. Like, he he made me a fan of his. And um, I cannot, you know, I'm going to start watching NXT UK more because, like, I was like, why? and we all know, again, we all know how, how good a lot of these talents are. That's why they're signed with the company. Obvious is obvious, but wow. But again, so much wrestling, but, you know, just take a little time, you know, just itty-bitty amount of time. It's just so much wrestling, guys. It's, it's too much at this point, but whatever you can watch, definitely take the time out to watch some NXT UK and as well as NXT. So the next match was uh, pretty insane, and it, it told a story. These are one of the matches that told a story for me that I enjoyed. It was the NXT UK Tag Team Championship three-way. Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster versus the Grizzly Young Veterans. They're the champions. And Gallus, Wolfgang, and Joe Coffey. So, whew. This match was insane. Like, you, the grizzly young veterans, fucking good heels. Gallus, the, the big, you know, the, the big man of, of, you know, of the match. And uh, Andrews and, and Webster, you know, they were the, the underdog team. So, of course, you had the dynamics there. And they showed a video package of how they got to this point. And the veterans, the grizzly young veterans, just, you know, going roughshod through the whole tag team division in, in the UK. And it's like, wow, like, you know, this is how, and it's crazy that this tag team division looks way better than the one we got in the main roster. And it's not the best, but it's. It's way better than in the, the main roster tag team division. There's at least these three teams here, and then there's you know other teams, but these three teams here, they wanted these fucking belts. They they are willing to do anything and anything and everything possible to make sure that they they get these titles, and. You don't get that. You don't get that that sense of urgency. Like being champion is the most important thing. And there was so many near falls. Um, there was even a point in the match where um, uh, Andrews and Webster and the uh, Grizzly on veterans they essentially double team uh, Gallus, Wolfgang, and and Coffee because you know they were. <laughs> You know, they was essentially in the way. And I was figuring, hey, let's just get rid of these two and we just have a a standard tag team match. That made sense. You know, the temporary alliance made sense at, during during that point in the match. And 
And there was a part when uh, Flash, Flash Morgan Webster, he did a 450. And he had to match one. And of course, as heels being heels, the Grizzly Young Veterans, they said, no, no, no. We're going to pull the rough out of the way. And pleading like, no, no, no. of course, they want to keep their titles. And that was fucking, that was brilliant. And the the comeback of the, you know, the, the baby face was my favorite part. And this match was, this match was, it went 20 minutes. And at the near fall, at the near fall, I was like, holy crap, like, are these guys going to actually win? They did. So you knew NXT UK Tag Team Champions are Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. I like that name, Flash Morgan Webster. Love that name. It's cool. So this match was, ooh, this, I enjoyed this match not so much as the other matches, but this was a good, a good match and, you know, tag team. So, speaking of uh, Coffee, I mentioned before it was um, Joe Coffee and the tag team match, but it was actually his brother. Joe Coffee was in the last man standing match, so that was a bit of an error on my part. Apologize. So, we had the last man standing match between Joe Coffee and the bomber, Dave Masford. And this match, of course, since the last man standing match and two big men, you know that it was going to go like the distance. It was going to be brutal. It was going to be full of carnage. And it was. Like, fuck me. Like, and, you know, excuse the the language, but, again, fuck me. Like, this, this match was uh, brutal, like, the first spot I was like, you know, I, I I turned around, you know, I was watching this match. I turned around and then I saw the, the the top ring rope snap, and I was like, what the hell? So that that got my attention. That match got my attention uh, pretty fast, and uh, and uh, Coffee was trying to do a move on the top rope, but he couldn't because of on the middle rope, I should say, but the top rope, without that top rope, the, the middle and bottom rope are going to be much weaker, essentially. And he fell, and essentially, you know, he has to, like, he can't do his his, his usual move, arsenal moves because there's no top rope. And Masfit used the, the, the turnbuckle as a weapon, you know, did a, you know, kind of a cross-face maneuver with the, the turnbuckle. Then they went inside the ring. It, it got brutal. Uh, a, a croquet mallet. They had a, a bag of goodies out there. And these things are thick. Thick pieces of wood. Large handle. And, oh, my God, just, like, that hurt me watching that when uh, Masfit hit 
uh, coffee with the uh, with the mallet. That hurt me. And then you know they use chains. They use a, a pool cue. You know tables. There's a few table spots in this match as well. Then they they went and and fought in the in, in the crowd. So this was truly like, hey, like we're gonna have these two big men go at it in the last man standing match, and we're gonna have it. We're gonna have it outside the ring, not just just a, a little, you know, have a few tussles and in, in, in on the ring side, and they come back. No, like I like last man standing matches like this because okay, the ring is unusable, so they gotta go outside the ring. They gotta go around the arena, and I was. Like, grand. I was like, okay, this is great. This is how a, a last man standing match should be. Especially when you had two big men in it. Because then you can do stuff, what they did with the, with the ring ropes. You know. Also, they went out and they attempted to break the, the announcer's table. They didn't. And then they went and tried again. This was the one of the close to the finish and essentially uh the crowd was saying please don't die and of course like please don't die like this this match was uh pretty brutal and then what how joe coffee won the match masford was on a on a crate and coffee kicked the crate so that way masford didn't answer the count of 10 he, he he couldn't get up, and that was, that was brilliant. I was like, hmm, that was pretty interesting, right there. Like you you don't like that's the the innovation I like the the attention to detail. Okay, this guy's on a on a on a crate trying to prop himself up. I'm gonna kick the fucking thing so that way he can't get up at the count of time. And there you have it. He won. So even though his his other his two his two other members of Gallus didn't they weren't successful getting the tag team titles, at least Joe Coffee here got the win. So I know he's gonna be in the backstage saying, Hey, like guys, like you lost. Like I won my match. What what happened? What's going on? <laughs> Kinda like with uh Adam Cole and the rest of the Undisputed Era, like Adam Cole won his, his his title match. He retained his title, but you know, at the time, because spoiler alert, um, Kyle Riley and Bobby Fish are um, NXT Tag Team Champions. And if you didn't watch NXT TV, sorry, but it's it's already out there. But yeah, this was a good like hard hitting match. You know, demolition derby, two big men going at it. Just the amount of punishment that that these guys took was insane. I know they're gonna be feeling bad in the morning, like they're hurting. So, you know, those guys went out there and they they gave it their all. So, I was kind of disappointed with this match. Um, Tony Storm versus Kylie Ray for the NXT UK Women's Title. I was kind of um like. Kind of disappointed. I was like, wait a minute. Like, Tony Storm, she's fucking over. Young, she has her whole career ahead of her. And Kylie Ray, like, you know, 
look good, you know, a decent heel, but I don't know, it just wasn't, this match wasn't uh, clicking, unfortunately, and um, this, this match, like, it felt like, I said, this match was so short, and then I look at the official time, and it was shot under 10 minutes, I was like, Christ, like, this match, I thought if, I thought it was, like, thought it was shorter, and I don't know, like, they, they got, they took the title off of Tony Storm, so maybe she's going down to NXT, maybe she's going down to the main roster, I don't know, if she doesn't get her title back, then she might be, definitely be main roster bound, but it was kind of strange, um, the storyline was personal, bringing up Tony Storm's father, family, what what have you, and you know, the the story was going into it was good, but it just felt kind of off, and this chemistry issues. Um, it was apparent it was a lot of chemistry issues, but Kylie Ray is your new NXT UK. Women's champion, and uh, well, I just ha- don't have much to say about this. This this match was so, and they, of course, these two women they they worked there, you know, they worked hard, but it just wasn't connecting, unfortunately. So Kylie Ray beat Tony Storm with the gory bomb to win the title, and the match went under ten minutes. Probably if the match would have went a little longer and uh, got time to build, then it would have been another. Uh, it would have been another story because the crowd was like, like what? Like the crowd was was just like wow, like what? What the hell happened? And I was the same way too. I was like, wait a minute, she she won. Like Calorie won. I thought like Tony Stone was gonna retain. I was like. Oh, I was not expecting that. So that was like a shock for the night for me because I was not expecting uh, Tony Storm to lose. So maybe she's main roster bound. Maybe. I don't know. But it was, um, it was like, oof. That's all I have to say. Oof. So. Main event. And I try to keep this as short as possible because this match went. 42 minutes. And I'm over here thinking, okay, this at 20 minutes, okay, this match is going to be over. And nope, still going on. I was like, is this match ever going to end? And the crowd was even saying, you know, fight forever. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't give them that idea, please. Because they're already, they're, they're going 40 minutes plus. Like, if this was an Iron Man match, like, holy crap. But, so, the WWE UK Championship, Walter versus Tyler Bate, and this match had a lot of story going into it when Walter beat Pete Dunne for the title, ending his nearly two-year reign as champion. And, running rough shot in the in NXT UK 
and then forming a stable. This is on Walter forming a stable Imperium and just essentially wanting to kill British strong style, you know, and, uh, between Imperium and Bait and um, uh, Trent Seven and uh, Pete Dunn, it was just them just being decimated by Imperium and Tyler Bate coming back and, and getting him, you know, getting his revenge on uh, on Walter. It was like, the story was good. And this match, in terms of story and and, and whatnot, it was it was impressive. Like it told a story, excuse me, it told a story. But for me, and I know a lot of people didn't mind that the match went too, too long. It was a bit too long. It was, I was like expecting, okay, either Tyler is going to win the belt or, you know, if, if it's going this long, he's going to win the belt. Nope. Uh, Walter retained, and there was a lot of spots in this fucking match. You know, you know, at one point it was like, okay, like, you know, if Walter was going to lose, I'd be like, okay, like, fuck this, because how you have, uh, you know, a big man, guy looks, uh, Walter looks looks like he's like, almost like, Six, like six foot six, I believe. I don't know his his official height, but dude's tall. He he's, you know, he's huge, like a road bruiser, and losing to someone that's like as tall as Max's girlfriend is is insane. And and Talibay, he can go. This is no, is no, it's not a job, but. In terms of, of height and size, like come on now. There was certain points where I'm like, that shouldn't happen, but it was wrestling. We we gotta just you know, is wrestling things should make sense, but since it's wrestling it doesn't make sense and I'm like, okay. Yeah. But there's a lot of sequences in this match where, you know, the Talibate just got just monstrous strength, this this adrenaline, and he was able to, to slam Walter. He was able to to do the Tyler Driver ninety seven on him, um, kick out of uh, lariats, you know, kick out of um, power moves that Walter was doing, and a submission. So many submission attempts by Walter in this match. I was like, okay, like put a put a fork in it. It's done. I assume that during the many submission attempts made by Walter, well, okay, this is done. And nope, somehow Tyler got to the ropes to break, you know, to break the hold. And holy crap, like, I enjoyed the smash, but it just got, it just got to the point, okay, this has to end, please, for, for my for my sanity. And there were people like just having nearly having heart attacks in, in, in the arenas. Like, yo, like this is still going on. Like, how did he kicked out of that? And you and you love shit like that. I love things like that. 
But to me, the match was just a bit too long. If it was a half an hour, then okay, half an hour, that that's fine. If it was 30 minutes, I could live with 30 minutes. But it just went 10 or 12 minutes too long for my taste. And also, ironically, Imperium didn't interfere. That's one of the things I noticed. He didn't. They didn't interfere, which was, yeah, like you assume that the leader will have his his you know his uh, minions, lackeys out there. But nope, he went out there by himself. And of course, like if you need help to beat a guy that small, then something's wrong with you, and you you deserve to have the title loss. But of course. Walter, when he won the title at NXT um, TakeOver New York, I was like, fuck, this guy's, like, I will not want to meet him in a, in a dark alley or in a lit alley. I, wanna, I wouldn't want to meet him in daylight. <laughs> that's how intimidating it looks, and that's good. We need more more guys like that. And he can go in the ring. He's very agile, very athletic. You know, he's a bruiser, you know. And we need that Tyler Bateman. Like, regardless of, you know, how long the match was, this guy has, he can go, you know, he's a Johnny, Johnny Gargano, except that Tyler Bate has a little bit more personality than Gargano, unfortunately, because I really like Gargano. But Tyler Bateman, he's young, who's, him and, and, and Dunn are, are young. These guys are fucking young and they can they have their whole career have them. So I'm you know, I'm I'm excited for their futures and, and where they go from here because they're they're not in their thirties. They're not in their, their mid to late thirties, so they have a good shelf life if they, you know, stay injury free. And, you know, I can't wait. So, overall, this pay-per-view, you know, I give, mm, I think I, I prefer doing uh, out of five, you know, have a homage to X-Play. I give this pay-per-view a rating of, uh, i say four out of five. The uh, Cesaro match was great. In my opinion, the last man standing match was was for me. Like I love like just car crash matches and the tag team match, and as well as on the main event, the two matches that didn't do much for me was the the opener and the women's match. Unfortunately, those are the two that you know fell short. But the other matches did. You know it it satisfied me. So, overall, four out of five, maybe like 3.5, but I'll, I'll say four out of five. So, if you haven't seen NXT UK, Cardiff, go watch it, please. <laughs> Definitely go watch it. It was uh, overall a good pay-per-view, and we'll see how they stack up against uh, how... All Out and NXT UK Cardiff matched up together at the end of the podcast. So let's get into All Out. So 
to be honest, I didn't watch the I didn't watch a lot of the the buy-in pre-show. I did see the ending of the twenty one woman casino battle royale where uh Mercedes Martinez drew the Joker card. So she was number 21. She's impressive. And I've been hearing a lot of good things about her and the fact that she hasn't been signed in any American promotion is crazy. So AEW needs to snag her up because she'll definitely be a good addition to the women's division there in AEW. And she's Puerto Rican too, so, you know, I I have my biasness. You know, hey... There will be more uh, references to Puerto Rico soon, very soon. But the highlight for me was seeing um, Awesome Kong and ODB. Seeing ODB in 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 this match in this battle royale was, uh, you know, I wish I would have. Uh, seeing you know the whole thing but just seeing her in that moment I was like wow like she still she still looks the same way she looked many years ago she hasn't you know aged I guess you know you know the more you know the more uh alcohol you you drink I guess something has something in that flax that she's drinking I have no clue but she still looks good and maybe she can being AEW in terms of like uh you know a legend a legend type deal or you know just there to put the the woman over you know the 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 up and coming talent uh, I would assume because they need they need a lot of established uh wrestlers in there a lot of personalities in there too but yeah like um Nala Rose won the battle royale when the way she did it was uh Bree Brizley was it Bree yeah uh Bree Brizley was eliminated by Britt Baker and then Bree was outside and she held Baker's arm and then Nala Rose came and eliminated uh Britt Baker. So that's how Nala Rose won. And so she will be one of the one of the challengers for the AEW Women's Championship belt at the premiere episode of AEW on TNN. So I cannot wait for that. And we'll, throughout the show, you know, later on, I will tell you the other person that will be, the other female competitor that will be facing Nala Rose. So we will get on with the main card because like I said I did not watch the the rest of the, the buy-in pre-show so the main show starts off with SoCon Censored versus Lucha Soros Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt or Jungle Express and of course uh, SoCon Censored it came out there you know had a little bit of mic time, got the crowd pumping, got the crowd going. And, you know, these three guys, man, like, 
you know, Kazarian, Daniels, we've seen him in TNA, you know, and and Impact Wrestling, and, like, the fact that they're still wrestling is, like, it just, they can still go. They can definitely still go, and, and, um, they, these guys do not disappoint, and, uh, Scorpio Sky, good in the ring, too, like, all these three guys, man, like, they are, you know, they're a good tag team. And we got to talk about Luchasaurus. This dude, when he got the hot tag, he, the 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 crowd ate it up. They were hyped as hell. I really enjoyed Luchasaurus. And when, when and if he'll be, you know, a singles wrestler, he will do well. He has a good singles career if, if you know, they let him because he can definitely go. He has that look. He can not only is he he's he got not only does he have the look, he as well has ability. He he has the crowd in the palm of his hand, and he's athletic. And he has the look. He has the size. He has the ability, and all he needs is a, a mouthpiece, and he's good when he wants to get into the main event scene. So this match went, this match was pretty good. It was a nice opener, solid opener to get the crowd going, and so Colin Censored won by pinning, uh, I believe, was it Jungle Boy or... Marco, I think it was Jungle Boy, I believe. It was either or. Um, and they did their finisher, the best smelter ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Marks. <laughs> Anyways, um, this match overall, I, I, I liked it. This match was um, a good way to, op- to start the pay-per-view off well. And the next match... Let's see, the next match was, and I, I'm surprised this match wasn't high on the card. This uh Kenny Omega versus Pac. So, originally supposed to have been Kenny Omega versus John Moxley, but Moxley had an injury. Um, he, had, he had to deal with a, a cyst in his shoulder, I believe, and he had to get that um, dealt with, so he had to miss out on All Out. It sucks because a lot of people that went to All Out, they wanted to see Moxley. And this, you know, he's still hot. Hopefully when he comes back, he still has that momentum, you know, as much as he has possible. Because this this match didn't disappoint, excuse me. Did not disappoint, but unfortunately people wanted to see Moxley. But this match was... Just as good. So, oof. there was a lot of like showboating, and I can see where people are like, "Oh, this guy looks like a fucking douchebag." It's like, yeah. And I'm a Kenny Omega fan, but that doesn't mean that because you're a fan, you gotta essentially uh, turn the blind eye or or just not notice things, you know. 
like your fan uh, through and through, no matter what they do. And yeah, like in the beginning, I was like, okay, like, why is he being smug for? Like, Pac has been around the indie circuit. You know, it was strange. I don't know. It was like, and you know, guess being the best bout machine gets you, you know, makes you a little cocky. But this match again did not disappoint. Um, a lot of, a lot of hard hitting moves. Um, one thing, if you know these guys are high flyers, they do a lot of, you know, um, dives. Then why in the hell are the barricades so close to the ring? If you know these rustlers are going to do uh, a lot of these maneuvers if they were, you know, booked to, you know, of course, oh, okay, if he was dead, whatever. If they were going to do, if this was planned in the match, then why in the hell were, were the barricades were further away? Because at one point it seemed like um, both Pac and Kenny Omega, they, they injured their you know, their legs or their ankles because the way that they hit the, the barricade, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of brutal and say, oh, well, they got to be more careful because, you know, the barricade is so close. Well, you know, in most other promotions, they make sure to have the barricades a good length away from the ring because if they are going to do these moves and they got to make sure that it's safe. Because, and we're going to talk about safety later on on the line, but that was like one of the, the pet peeves I saw because you know, Omega hit his, his ankle, I believe his uh, his left ankle, left leg on one of the moves, on the dives that he did. And then same thing with Pac. Pac did, he he did a move off the tire rope as well on, on, on ringside. I was at was it a red arrow? I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, he he messed up the other leg, not the leg that was bandaged up, the one that it was like he had an injury, a puncture in his in his in his leg. I was like, Ugh. and he was still able to wrestle in that with a hole in his leg and all, you know, taped up, bandaged up, like. That's how you know this guy's a badass. That's how you know this guy's a bastard. Um, a lot of a lot of hard hitting, you know, a lot of hard hitting um, uh, German suplexes, uh, Kenny Omega with <laughs> B triggers, you know, oof, or a ripcord knee. <laughs> Sorry, Seth Rollins. Um, it was just uh, hard hitting, stiff, and Pac defeated the best spout machine. And I was like, hmm. I was not expecting that. I was expecting Omega to win. But of course, since if Omega would have won, I'd be like, oh, you see, because he he's, you know, you know, since he's uh, one of the guys that started all the wrestling, then, you know, of course he's going to win. And you gotta you gotta put that separation just because you're you know executive you have higher positions in the company you shouldn't be winning like 
there are other talents in this company that that need wins that need to be elevated because Kenny Omega, they he, no one can take away the fact that he's main evented tons of uh, New Japan shows. He's been, you know, world champion in New Japan. He has all these accolades. No one can take that away from him unless he does something you know fucked up. But no one can take that away from him. So he can put other people over. It's not going to hurt his career. Um, but the um, but the fact of the matter is that we, you know, it's good that Kenny didn't win because, of course, people would have been complaining. Oh, he's with AEW. He's with Cody and the Bucks. So of course he's going to win. So. People can shut up about that. So, um, Omega was gonna do the one winning angel. Seemed like oh, okay, like he was gonna win one wing, one winged angel, one to three. Bob's your uncle, but then Pac countered it and turned into a brutalizer, and then Omega passed out, and then the referee stopped the match. So, the best bout machine lost. And in a brutal way, that doesn't make him look weak. You know, he passed out. He didn't tap out. So that was a good thing. And this match lasted around 23 minutes. And, oof. Okay, so the next match was the Best Friends versus the Dark Order to earn a first-round tournament by. And still, like, this whole thing with the the tag team uh, tournament that they're having for the belts is kind of, like, confusing. But essentially, whoever won this match gets a bye. They had to breeze on to the, to the next round, essentially. I just wish that they would have teams fight and we'd have a bracket, but whatever, regardless of that, um... The Dark Order won this match due to, of course, interference by the Creepers. And they're really, you know, propping up Dark Order to be uh, a tag team, to, to be a top tag team in this in this division because they keep racking up wins. So, I mean, they were, you know, they're not terrible. They're not bad. <coughs> Excuse me, they're not bad. It's just that, uh, you know, essentially, I don't know, it's kind of odd. But you know, I get it. Like they, they need, they need a dominant uh, heel tag team. And the, uh, you know, the match was good. You know, typical tag team match. Um. The the Dark Order dominated most of the match, but then the hot tag from Chuck Taylor, they weren't ready for that, of course. And they they turned it around, it seems. And also the the names of the guys, uh, the Dark Order, Evo Uno, the, the big guy, and Stu Grayson is the the tall, uh, lanky dude with the Vega mask. I was like, hmm. They're trying to do a, a Vega cosplay. <laughs> but uh, then the minions or the creepers came in and interfered and gave 
Dark Order to win. And then right when it was going to take away, uh, I believe, uh, um, I think it was uh, Chuck Taylor, I believe, they were, the Creepers were going to take away one of the super best, you know, one of the the best friends. And then they did the, the cheesy, stupid, you know, lights out gimmick. I was like, oh, come on now. But Orange Cassidy, uh, a.k.a. Solo Monster, you know, he's a podcaster by day, Orange Cassidy by night. Freshly squeezed, by the way. Came out, he saved, he saved the day, and he did it with, without, you know, taking his hands off his pockets. And uh, his glasses did not fall off. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. If you can... You can do a fucking, a fucking, uh, jump off the top rope without your glasses falling off, then you're cool. You know, at first I was like, oh, this guy, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But this guy, like, he, he's grown on me. Like, he looks cool. It's something unique. He can go in the ring. I've seen, you know, he's not terrible in the ring. So he can definitely be one of those characters I'm talking about. And also he wants me to, him debuting, you know, him showing up and saving the day like that makes me want to buy a jean jacket. Like, no lie. Straight up. I want to buy a jean jacket because this, this guy looks cool. And I admit it, I was on the one sale. He's, he sucks. He's boring, but he's cool. He 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 made me he made me a fan, and that's all right. <laughs> At first, I was like, oh, I didn't get the the whole hands and pockets thing, but just the way that he he didn't. I like that he doesn't give a fuck. He has that expression. I don't give a fuck. I think that's why I like him now. So, and also, uh, Orange Cassidy joins the best friend, so that means that. In the future, they will have a trios tag team division, as they should. They should definitely should have. So, the next match. Trying to go in order here. The Cracker Barrel Clash. Darby Allin versus Jory Janela and Jimmy Havoc. So, of course, you know... This is gonna be one of those gimmick matches on the night, and that was cool. I this match was fucking hilarious, and there was some good spots in here. One spot they got both uh, Darby Allen and Joey Janela. They got Jimmy Havoc tied tied up in duct tape. And then poured thumbtacks in his mouth and then put, you know, just shut his mouth with duct tape. And I remember uh, uh, someone that I know that was watching and reacting to to All Out, she was like, like, oh, my God, like they, they put in, they put in thumbtacks in his mouth and they, they and they're putting duct tape over his mouth. Okay, I can't watch this. And, you know, shout-outs to to Crescent Star. 
and I, I said jokingly, hmm, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you say you're not going to watch, but proceeds to watch anyways. <laughs> Just, you know, a little, little joke. But I understand that that's like kind of like, like fucked up. But of course it's, it's, uh, you know, it's part of a match. It, it made sense. It was, it was funny. Uh, they used the Cracker Barrels, which was great. They used Cracker Barrels. And uh, they even had a, a plate of a, a tray of biscuits as well that they used. I was like, that's a waste of food. Come on now. Like, starving people. If at least eat one, it's like, hey, this is good. And then, then whack. <laughs> you know, then whack someone in, in the face with it. But there was also a skateboard that Darby Allen used. <clears throat> Excuse me, that Darby Allen used. Um. Uh, that had spikes on the bottom, that thumbtacks on the bottom, and then he he uh, <laughs> oh god, he essentially used uh, he jumped on Janella with the skateboard, and that was cool. That spot was cool. You know, a lot of people was you know they were agreeing with that spot being cool and, and, you know, being a nice spot in the match. And I liked it too. The Cracker Barrel spot where Darby Allen essentially said, hold my beer. I'm going to try and kill myself. You know, he took the, the barrel, put it behind him, and tried to hit uh, Jimmy Havoc with the, uh, you know, this crash and burn. But he stepped out of the way, and Darby Allen was essentially like eliminated from the match. So it was just one on one at that point, and it was also a part where uh, Jimmy Havoc stapled uh, he stapled a uh, staple on Joy Janela's head, and there was also a part where Jimmy Havoc was fucking crazy. I like him stapled himself. <laughs> He's like, come on, like staple himself, and it's like. This guy's fucking insane. I like it, though. You got to have characters like that. You know, you got to have, you know, some kookiness, craziness. It can't be just serious wrestling all the time. You got to have, you got to have something for everyone. Because you can't, you may not be able to please everyone, but if you have something for everyone, then most people will be happy. You know, at least have a little bit of variety and, and it was good that they have this match. It was good to, to have this uh, triple threat, Cracker Barrel clash, you know? And this had a little bit of story, you know, these these guys. So, let's see. We will go to the next match, which, which is a, uh, a shot for the second slot in the AEW Women's Championship match. It is Rio versus. Oh my God! I cannot pronounce. I cannot pronounce her name. We'll try it anyways, and forgive me if I if I uh, butcher this name. He he Let's say he Um. So Rio was definitely a fan favorite in this match. 
um, I was like, yo, she's like tiny. And she's been rust. She's like 22 years old. She's been wrestling since she was nine, I believe. And I was like, wow. And people are, you know, they, they love this girl. They, they're totally behind this girl in this match. You know, compared to the, the women's match that we had in, in NXT UK, I was like, yo, this match was way better. The the fans, you know, the, the crowd was into it. People were cheering for Riho. And and the well as the other competitor too, sorry I cannot pronounce your name. Uh they they really went in. Like this match was great. And Riho is definitely a star and Riho definitely she is she's definitely a star. And yeah, she's most definitely a star. Um she won a with not a roll up but with a crucifix pin to take the victory. So it's like you think, oh, like she's keep she keeps on racking up wins, like just out of nowhere, and that's good. Like you you know she's not, you know, the, the biggest or you know, she's like what, ninety eight pounds, I believe. So she's obviously light as a feather. So you have to the way that you know you could tell a story about that instead of trying to, to use your power and whatnot, use your speed, you know, use your body weight, shift your body weight around. That's how you're able to essentially win, you know. And I like that. It was again storytelling. You know that this this girl is tiny. She weighs like a feather. But she still finds out a way to win. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to do this power move. Nope, just, you know, be innovative in the ring. Have innovative offense, and I like that. So she will challenge um, Nala Rose on October 2nd on TNT, AEW on TNT, for the women's title. And I cannot wait. And... Seems like it's a done deal. Now La Rose is going to win, but we'll see. There's a reason why these two women are, are going to be paired up against each other, especially since uh, Riho is a fan favorite. And this match was this match was good. Like it went a bunch of high energy. It told a story, and um. They told a story, essentially. Both women told a story. You know, it was high pace, high, you know, fast pace, high energy. And the crowd was behind it. I love when crowds are behind matches. It makes the match ten times better. It really does. I was like, wow, this people are, you know, they give a shit. Like, wow. They give a shit about a woman's match. Because they're able to go out there and, and do what do what they do best. You know, and they gave them time. So, next match, uh, Cody with MJF versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. And um, getting a headache. Like, talking about this was giving me a headache. Um, 
Of course, this match had story where Sean Spears nearly took off Cody's head. Blood just pouring all over the place at him. Uh, when, when did that happen? Uh, I believe it was... I believe it was during um, uh, Double or Nothing, I believe. Yeah, it was in Double or Nothing. Um, you know, Toast had a story. Um, the utilization of um, Tully Blanchard was good. And Arn Anderson. Holy, holy shit, I marked out for Arn Anderson. What the, like, he can still go... That his spine buster was, <laughs> oh Lord, his spine buster. Like in 2019, he delivers a best. He, he delivers a better spine buster than most people that are wrestling today. You know, well, most. But it's just crazy how like, wow! I just I was like in awe. I, I had I couldn't like right now. I'm speechless. Um, but. Of course, it was too too much interference. Like the Arn Anderson spot aside, it was just too much interference. Um, it stopped the matches and a lot of a lot of points. You know, yeah, Cody brought the aggression because hey, like you took my, you know, you took my try to take my fucking head off with, with that chair shot bleeding all over. Had a bunch of staples in my head. You know, my skull was was exposed. So, of course, you want to beat the shit out of a person that almost tried to kill you. That's how that's how it was done. It was good, but there was so much interference. And also, in the beginning, when they had Pharaoh, um, that's Cody's dog, had him too close to the power. And, you know, dogs are um, very sensitive to sound. They They can hear more sound than a human can. So, of course, you're near fucking Pyro. And you have a dog right there. And that's like, they got to be smart with that. I think they should not have Pharaoh. If they're going to do the Pyro, at least have Pharaoh like, by, you know, just all, you know, they have to be closer to the bottom of the ramp if they're going to do the Pyro spot because that was stupid. I'm all for not having Farrell there at all. You know, just for the dog's safety. Like, again, Cody Rhodes trying to be Triple H, Brandy trying to be Stephanie, but, you know, they'll tell you they're not, but they are. They want to they wanna be that. They want to be them so bad. But regardless, this match could have been good, but so much interference, it, it stopped. You know, it, it prevented the match from going anywhere so with that being said this match uh, the R. Anderson spot was good um, the few instances where Cody and, and Spears were going at it you know there was a lot of good you know sparks during, you know, sparks and, and moments of the match that, that were good but just so much interference too much of it and the wrong person went over I still feel that Sean Spears should have won over because if you're going to have him be the self-proclaimed chairman of AEW and a big heel, you have him win. 
So that was a missed opportunity. But of course, you know, Cody has to win because of his company. And he has to, he needs to have the grandiose entrance. Whatever. That's how I feel about this match. Whatever. Aside from the uh Arn Anderson spot. Okay, so next up, the AAA tag team title ladder match or the Escalera de la Muerte between the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. So this match was, uh, oof, this match was, uh, was great, but also to point out a certain, um, uncle of wrestling, uh, Uncle Dave, he essentially said at all this match should have been this match should have been the main event. I'm over here like are you retarded? You're crowning a first ever world champion of the promotion. You need to have it on last. Just because you love the taste of the young bucks nuts doesn't mean that this match should have been on last. The world title, last time I checked, the world title is important. That goes on last. The fact that they were the second-to-last match, it should be good enough. But, of course, Dave will be Dave, and sometimes we tweet things we shouldn't be saying. We we tweet things that we're, we're thinking we shouldn't be putting out there. Sometimes your thoughts should be just in your head. You shouldn't be tweeting whatever comes up in your mind because then it sounds idiotic and people will call you out on it. So regardless of that, this match was all around high pace. It, it was it was one of my favorite matches of the night. And I'm not a fan of I used ironically I used to be a fan of the Bucks, but I don't know, something about them just, they irk me. But they can go in the ring regardless of that. They can go in the ring, you know, that aside. And the Lucha Bros, of course, the Lucha Bros, they, they've been turning it up all over the world. You know, Phoenix and Pentagon Jr., they can go. And these two have good chemistry. They, they had a good rivalry, and I love that. I love the, the story that they told. And a lot of spots, a lot of crazy spots. Um, the Canadian Destroyer, or as they call it, the Destroyer, because, you know, <laughs> it's still called the Canadian Destroyer. Onto a fucking stack of tables. Uh, one of the spots where uh, Pentagon shoved, the, he pushed the ladder, and one of the, one of the, the bucks, he landed pretty hard. I think his leg got caught in the rope. So I hope he's okay. I don't I don't like seeing people injured, regardless if they're my favorites or not. I don't want to see no one injured. Um that was crazy spot. And also one of the spots that were was insane. There was a few. One of them was uh Phoenix. He did a was it Phoenix? Um I think it was one of the one of the bucks jumped jumped from a ladder 
to the to the ring ropes, and then he did a a flip. Just the, the sequence. It was probably Phoenix because Phoenix is just all over the place. But oh my god, that just so many crazy spots, and it's a ladder match. And you, dude, I was just glued <laughs> to this match, like. I love ladder matches, especially tag team ladder matches. You know the the TLC matches, you know the the uh, all those this this ladder match, man. Like I cannot praise it enough. And uh, also when Pentagon got his mask removed, I said they took his mask off and they had to you know turn the camera away. And I was like, oh shit, like kill him. Like they had to wait, you know, put his mask back on or whatever. Um, and I was like, yo, Pentagon, kill him. Fucking kill him. Because, like, wow, like, what the? <laughs> I was not expecting. I was like, yo, that was that was a shocker. That was a, a surprise. I was like, oh, okay, it's a crazy match. I was like, yoink. Mask came off. I was like, oh, shit, okay. Like, that's it. Like, you, those are fighting words, like. You, you don't you don't rip a, a luchador's mask off, like that. That's that's asking for death. Um, but yeah, man, like um, this match was great, and uh, the luchadors, the, the lucha bros, excuse me, they retained the AAA tag team titles. But then, guess who came out? Santana. And Ortiz, LAX. So there were rumors that they were going to be in All Out in some capacity, and they did. They came out, and I was like, hmm. They came out in um, the presidential mask. I would have came out in Trump mask. I, I, people were saying that. I know OTRS was saying that. I was like, that was a good idea. But, you know, they don't want to rob people up. I was like, fuck them. Like, it, it's entertainment. It's fucking entertainment. Like people get riled up on shit. I would I would have had them had uh, Trump mask on, but regardless, they came out there. They, you know, they attacked the Lucha Bros and the Bucks, and you have the Young Bucks. You have the Lucha Bros. You have LAX. You have uh, SoCon Censored. You have the Lucha. You have. Uh, uh, oh God, you have um, Luchasaurus, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy, and the Dark Order. You have a good, solid tag team. I think it's one of the best tag team divisions I've seen in wrestling, all of wrestling. You have a little bit of everything in that tag team division. You have characters, their personalities. You have um. You know, you have good wrestlers, technical wrestling. You have, like, you have it all. And that's where AEW will shine, is in their tag team division. Right there. Though all those names that I put out, great tag team division right there. Now they just got to work on, uh, hopefully they get some mid-card belts. You know, they get a, an Intercontinental or United States title. Maybe, maybe a... Uh, Maybe a, uh, I guess a 
I'll go for a United States title. Yeah, I'll go for a United States title. Um, yeah, so you have the world title, you have the women's title, you have, the, you have a mid-card belt, you know, like a U.S. title, tag team belts. And maybe, yeah, like you just have, you just you don't need to have a bunch of titles. Don't be like WWE and have like 14 titles. You just have one, one main event belt, and you use the mid-card belt to elevate, you know, to elevate that person and see how they how they roll with that belt. And when they're ready, they'll propel them they'll be propelled to the main event and fight for the AEW title, which we'll be talking about because the main event and after four hours we reach the main event. This paper was long. It was too long, but I enjoyed it. Chris Jericho versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW world title. This match was uh again good match. They have these two got good chemistry with each other first off. Number one. Number one, their chemistry is on point. Ironically there was a spot where uh um, Adam Page hit um, Jericho, you know, right between, you know, you know, in the eye, and of course the uh, the blade job. And oh, oh, before I get into that, um, there's a, a first, another first ever, a female referee, um, in the main event, in the main event match for. Uh, AEW, so this is good. Um, this woman had, you know, this woman, uh, R, R, RB had like personality. It's like, hey, the wrestlers, it's not only the wrestlers that uh, have personalities, it's the referees too. You know, we talk about Earl Hebner and whatnot the same way. That wrestlers have personality and charisma and, and, and a bit of life, the same way that ref, referees should have. And it's amazing that, that this girl, this this young lady, is you know she's money. Like maybe in the future she can she can fight for the the women's the AEW women's title. You're kidding, but you know, not really. So. That was that was a really good uh, um, girl Hebner is what they were calling it. yeah girl Hebner, but aside from all that good chemistry, um, the blade job was you know a little obvious, but still it's you I rather I rather um, um, Adam Page with you know blood. But at least, because you need to have blood, and especially main event matches or grudge matches, you need to have some sort of of uh, a hard way. You, you, you need to you need to have blood in this in these type of matches, especially in the main event, especially for your world title. You need to have some blood, and this elevated the match more because of the blood. Still, should have been. Um, Hangman Page 
that was busted open. But, you know, it made sense, too, for Jericho, since Adam gave the receipt to Jericho for a busting open back at, you know, Fight for the Fallen. So it made sense here. Either way, it made sense here. But this match went, it went for a good amount of time and, again, told a story. And I don't know where Jericho hit page with the the juice effect the elbow was like he got a fucking move over <laughs> it's like yeah you, Jericho's at that age where he can't do a lot of things that he, that he can't do that he, that he used to do when he was younger Dude, he's like 47 now so he can't do a lot of the high flying stuff now he's older he has to look out for himself doesn't want to get injured, especially since he is your new first ever inaugural AEW world champion. So, yeah, I'd rather him change up his his arsenal, his repertoire, because you can't be doing all these flips and shit, and you're you're getting old. I'm sorry. So, good on good on Jericho, and thank you, Jericho. He's been asking for his thank you, and people haven't been giving it, so I'll give it to him. Thank you, Jericho. You have entertained us for God knows how many years and across all promotions, and you're still kicking ass and innovating. And, you know, thank you, man. Like, like Hall of Famer, for sure Hall of Famer one day. And also his um, Titantron kicks ass. Like, I love, I miss Titantrons. Because now what you get is the, the person's name, big flashing letters and like I like Titantrons I miss that's one of the things I miss about wrestling is the the wrestlers Titantrons and you know but I'm glad that at least the the bigger names you know the, the, the the main event stars have the bigger names have Titantrons in AEW and I'm happy about that so with that being said, let's uh, close up shop here. So, I say in terms of wrestling, NXT UK takes it, it takes the cake. But then, in terms of like overall, you like wrestling. You know, there's a lot of tag team wrestling. There's you know car crash, dummy, and also a better women's match. I'll say that in terms of pure wrestling, NXT UK is better. But in terms of like overall, I say All Out was was the better show. But I still think both shows had things to offer. Wasn't you know two? You know one wasn't better than the other. But if you prefer just pure wrestling, go NXT. If you prefer more characters and personalities and a better women's match and a I, I feel like the main event made NXT UK and as well as uh, it's always the main events but there was a lot of things that made All Out good so my verdict I had more fun with All Out I, I had more fun with All Out 
So for me personally, I give the nod to All Out, but just because I like more character-centric focus um, wrestling, even though I love a good wrestling match, I love a good technical. Give me Kurt Angle, give me Chris Benoit, give me uh, Sean Benjamin, Daniel Bryan, you know, Damo Linko. Please, but I like characters too. So I, I had my fill of both. I had my fill of good wrestling and good characters and good storytelling. So that being said, thank you for listening all the way to the end. You're awesome. I love you. So if you want to listen to more of my content, remember my podcast is available on most major podcast outlets. If you're not a fan of SoundCloud, I understand. iTunes, everyone has an iPhone. And some people have two iPhones or an iPad. So if you have an iPhone, definitely listen to on iTunes. If you don't, there's Spotify, good old Spotify. And um, it's on Google Play Music as well. And TuneIn Radio and Stitcher as well. So you have variety. If you guys want to, if you guys want to listen, but you don't have an iPhone, you, know, you don't have iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you have Spotify, you have SoundCloud, you have TuneIn, you have Stitcher. And Google Play Music. Also, if you want to follow me and and follow my tweets or stalk me, please follow me on Twitter at Room Prime TV. Also, my website, I'm doing an overhaul on it. So throughout the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to try to re- rebuild the site bit by bit. But for the time being, you can still access it by going to roomprimetv.com. It's the the only place for anything and everything regarding the Room Prime TV podcast. So, please consider going to the website and checking my, my website out. I worked very hard on it, and I'm continuing to put work on it. So, please... You know, take a minute or two to check it out, and I will thank you. And also, speaking of uh, my podcast, consider leaving a review as it helps my podcast grow and gain more traction and attention. If you, you know, like what you hear, definitely leave a a rating and comment. Definitely leave a a review, tell me how good I am, tell me how how crappy I am, tell me if I, if I suck. But in all seriousness, you know, constructive feedback won't hurt anyone because at the end of the day, I'm here to get better. I'm here to improve. I'm not here to, to you know, I don't want no one kissing my ass. I just want to provide good content. I want to, you know, talk to you, with you, not at you. I wanna I wanna be able 
to interact with you guys. So definitely leave a rating, leave a, a review, and any feedback will be appreciative because I want to get I want to get good at this, you know, without feedback and and criticism we won't improve in life and people don't like it nowadays they feel like if you critique them or you give criticism you're attacking them and feel the need to call them racist and we're not i know my listeners y'all not racist y'all y'all lovely people y'all attractive people wholesome people so please just let the let the criticism, let the critiques, let the reviews flood in. And hey, if I get hate mail, I get hate mails, whatever, no big deal, right? So that being said, I have been Room Prime. And you have been listening to the NXT UK Takeover Cardiff and AEW All Out recap show. So I'm going to shut the hell up now get this recorded for you guys and and I will see you next week